Let's go into a little NBA preview, Bulls preview. Before we get into Bulls, do you guys pretty much have, you know, the same top teams that everybody else has playing in the conference finals is Lakers, Clippers, maybe a surprise team out west. The east side, everybody's pretty much, from what I've seen, all the prognosticators, Philly, Milwaukee. That's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's it. I mean, is this is is this one of those years nah. where it's pretty much like okay, let's just get to May and conference finals, and June, and see and rock out. Man, are y'all not bored yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people were saying that last year, right? When it was we like, oh, when we got two State. teams, yeah. now we got you know a four team, you know, actually playing. Everybody's still like, oh, it was you know, it was messed if, up. If it's you more, had it, it's more open now. TG, if you had a sleeper pick, what do you mean it's open? It's more open than what it's been in the previous five years. No, it's not. What? No. Go to State has been reigning supreme over the last four, uh, five years. Who else was coming who out ca- the West? Who cares? Now you got the Clippers. And the Lakers. Mm. And Denver, maybe. Denver will be my who? sleeper pick. Denver, Denver, Denver will be my sleeper pick? pick. Yeah. In the West. Who, in the West. Do you have a sleeper? Is Boston nah. a sleeper pick for you? Nah, nah. It's, it's Milwaukee. C4, sleeper pick. In the, the West? In the West, yeah, Denver definitely. Yeah, Denver. just with depth. I mean, they got con- continuity. Just having most of those guys together about three, four years. And same like- coaching staff. Those guys know each other. I think Jeremy Grant's going to have a um, very good year over there. He's definitely what they need in terms of a defensive standpoint. They're about to have a dog. Yeah, out I, too think, I think. Think Porter Junior. If he stays healthy, uh, you've been impressed with him in the. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been. Like praising that kid, you know, even coming out, just getting a chance to speak with him um, during the draft process. And, like, Denver Denver is probably the best situation uh, for him to go to in terms of, like, a medical standpoint. I don't think that uh, medical team or that training staff gets talks about enough over definitely there. Definitely wasn't but, Chicago, but yeah. I digress. Yeah, but I think Denver Denver is definitely my sleeper in okay. the West. In the East, hmm. There's no such thing. Yeah, I mean, in the East, the I East mean, does not have a sleeper. I don't think so because no. I think it's you, you know you pretty much look at the top. It's, it's that's Milwaukee interesting. Did you Philly. consider Toronto a sleeper? No, no. Last year no. you pretty I much had that, them that, locked in. No, I mean that one guy over there. Like without him, I don't think you replicate what you did um, last year at all. No, no, I'm saying at the beginning of last year. Uh, as do, you think, do you think you viewed Toronto as a sleeper? I don't think to so. Win a Just because I know, mm-hmm. no, because I didn't know too much about you know what Kawhi. Well, it took they were getting. It took Kawhi at least two months to prove to BC yeah. that he was a real deal. Mm-hmm. No, I always said Kawhi was a real deal. Oh. I just didn't believe in Toronto as a team. <laughs> <laughs> BC, come on, man. What episode? I, oh, episode two. You called Kawhi system player. Whoa, I did call him a system. Yes, player. you did. I did, I did. You're right. I did call him sister player. <laughs> no, nah, he can actually hoop. <laughs> yeah, he can hoop. Yeah. yeah, he can hoop. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people just needed to see him on like a scale outside of San Antonio, away from Pop and yeah, somewhat healthy. Yeah, I mean, to just see like that guy can actually play. What he can do outside of that system. What he can do when he's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, and everybody got a chance to see that. That's why everybody's putting the Clippers. You know, at the top to win the West, but I just look at 
what they got is great. I mean, you got guys who will have no issue playing defense. I just think what's going to hurt them is size, just in terms like at the the five. Because when I look at the Lakers, I even look at uh, teams like Portland, or I look at teams like um, the Lakers. I think I just mentioned them, or even Denver. Uh, Denver yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, just the size up top. I mean, when you look at the Lakers, LeBron's going to probably be the starting point guard. If you start him, Caldwell Pope, Kuzma, Anthony Davis, JaVale McGee, you got a lineup that's 7'1", 6'11", 6'8", 6'9". sure they adjusted the height? Six, well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, still, you still have a point. Yeah, you still have a very big team. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. yeah, I think the Lakers' downfall is just going to be um, – No doubt. Well, yeah, that and, like, a lack of, like, outside shooting. Once again. So, yeah, I mean, that's one area that I was very surprised that didn't get – Shored up, especially when you have LeBron they waiting. and AD. Yeah, they're waiting for Kawhi. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They yeah. didn't get a chance to yeah. get at the. I mean, they got the Danny. They got Danny Green, Danny Green over there, yeah. but I mean, you definitely need like some as far as the more floor space. As far as the clip joint, get, go if ahead. You can't get Kawhi. Go get Danny Green, baby. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the clip joint. I think PG's supposed to be out until what? November. Okay. Yeah. Mid November, something like that. So it's going to take him a while. And then, you know, retracing our steps. But even even that's kind of, that's significant. And I don't think a lot of people are focusing on that. Well, I don't think his knees or his shoulders will ever be. Well, even that, like, he misses a month. In the West, if you have two bad weeks, you're playing catch up. We saw saw that in Houston Rockets last Mm -hmm. year. They had a rough start. And it took. James Harden just going out Bananas. of his mind yeah. to basically play them up to, what, the three seed last year. So that's going to be pivotal, especially when you look at Kawhi, who only played 60 games last year. Is that load management still going to be a thing? Like, how how much can you rest him? I think it has to be. Yeah, But think about it. If you rest him, like, early in but- the season and they get off to a slow start, then it puts even more pressure on him and PG. Like, well, uh, they really don't but- have to be get the one seed. No, they not don't. at all. But if you're playing, if you're, if, if you're thinking that the one and two, and this is just playing devil's advocate, if mm-hmm. you think the one and two seeds are the Clippers and the Lakers, they don't have to get the one seed because they're going to end up playing at home anyway. If Man, they're facing I'm, each other in the, in the conference. Me, what I'm looking at is you have two bad weeks in the West, and you're basically you can be out the playoffs. I actually, but I think, but I think that's that's a a big reason. I mean, along with it's him. L.A. being his hometown, mm-hmm. like that's the reason why he chose the Clippers is because look what they did without both of them. Yeah, you know I know they had to trade, you know, uh, some key young guys. Exactly. You know, with that, but they still got a lot, uh, a decent amount of dudes left in the tank that can be like, all right, yeah, you you take this rest, this for you know for a couple games, we we can hold it down. One thing we don't we discount though is is it's almost similar to the Bulls of like the Scott Skiles area. We talked about how hard they played defensively. Mm-hmm. That takes a toll on you when mm-hmm. you have to play that way every single game just and you to be progressively yeah, get worse. Just to be mm-hmm. just to be year, in yeah. the game, just to be close, and you hope Lou Williams just saves you mm-hmm. offensively towards the end. That takes a toll on you mm-hmm. like throughout the course of an 82 game season I just think that even with Kawhi you're going over there because there's a foundation that's been set there's already a culture over there but in terms of like you're in the west still mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's a different situation from you know being in Toronto where you had the east you can afford to rest some games just because you're in the east like Toronto could have been the five how, how deep is the west like when you think like legitimate like teams Legitimate. Remember the question Six. I asked you guys in the finale. I asked both of you guys: Could Houston 
just be one of those regular season teams with Russ and James that just run off 63 to 65 games and get the number one seed, and you look up, and just because of seeding, they're there facing the Clippers or they're waiting for mm-hmm. the Lakers in the second round, which is, you know. And then mean, you it's, have it's a Denver. lot of whackness you in have the Denver, West, too. Like. You have Denver, which <laughs> this is the scary thing. A young team like that, we don't know how they're going to react to expectations. Because right. last year they kind of came out of nowhere. You saw them on the come. They barely missed the playoffs the year before. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, number look up seed. the number one seed. Mm-hmm. I was really, I'm going to be honest, man. I was disappointed in that loss to Portland. Oh, yeah. I but, felt I mean, and, that, and, was, and, that was experience. And especially too. with Dame not being at his best in yeah. that game seven. And CJ was just a monster. A monster yeah. in that game seven on the road. I was disappointed. Jamal Murray is overrated. BC <laughs> <laughs> on the top rope. <laughs> Why? Because he's from Canada, BC. I mean, among other things. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he wanted he wanted the the one dudes from Canada to actually say like, all right, they got you one know, from over there. The other one that got drafted this year, he's going to be traded by the team that drafted him within two years. Uh, yeah, I can see that's. That. Uh, you oh, can y'all see, talking but... about? Uh, oh, y'all talking about Maple Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> That was that was your pronostication on the, the uh, season finale, right? R.J. Yeah. Baird to be traded by the Knicks within two years? Yeah. <laughs> Trash. B.C. Hey, according to sources, man, just the apprentice that won um, Kawhi Leonard. Pascal Siakam, man, four years, $130 million. Shout out to him, man. Make your money, man. Get your money. This is team now. I guess they don't have anything else. They uh, they about to move. I mean, Marcus Hall are gonna let him walk after this season. They're yeah. trying to find some trade pieces for Kyle Lowry. So yeah. it's it's his team now going forward for the foreseeable future. So I, I'm I'm ex- I want to see. I'm very interested to see how they rebuild after him that. and Serge, man. Think about think about Serge. what you said. He said that's Pascal Siakam's team. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> So he, he can't hoop for BC? Man, I like him. I do, but as a main guy, I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no. That's going to be interesting. Now, you know, I asked you for sleeper teams in the East, man. I'm disappointed none of you guys gave your boy Jimmy and his crew some love. Come on now. Miami? Come on, man. Come on now. Mm-hmm. He's got your no. boy Tyler Hero with him. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Nunn? Dropping 40. Mm-hmm. In preseason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, man. I'm the trying East. to get C4 to give his boy a little love to C4 uh, just I mean, sitting that stoic. They're going like, to be what Miami, Miami has been. like Play hard. Post-Wade mm-hmm. and Brian era. They, they're going to play hard, but that's 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 it. I think they're just like, they need like shooting, shooting over there. Richardson, I mean, having to give up Richardson was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot. I mean, one thing that. Like I said, they're they're gonna play hard. I mean, Jimmy got what he wanted. They have pieces over there. I like. I like Bam. Yeah, but I mean, it's still like you look at the contracts over there, and you look at how I'm interested to see how everything fits together over there, especially when James Johnson gets back. I've never seen a team at all just send a guy home because he wasn't he a shape coming in, coming into training camp. I've never only seen a Pat that. Riley. Yeah, team. Only, I've never seen that. And then I think just but the D-Wade dynamic. talked about that on the Knuckleheads podcast. Well, yeah, like, but he you talked about. But you've never seen when it. he like, first got to Miami. Yeah. How it was a shock to him. Yeah, but there, there's that expectation set. So you already know that if you're within that organization, he's gotten paid by them. So the right. fact that they like 
no, bro, stay at home. Like they, you know, that discipline. Yeah, like, like check look. check in when you know you right, you, at, you at these measurements. So right. that's I've never seen that before. But I mean, I, I don't like sleeper in terms of like making noise in the East. I still say they they just got some things they need to do because it's too many. I see some issues that are going to happen arise over there. I mean, I think everybody is excited about Tyler Hero, but yeah. there's a dude from Philly over there who's. Say when you talk about shots and stuff, yeah. like I don't know, I don't know if you start Tyler Hero over waiters, and if you do, it's gonna be how's a problem. That going? <laughs> it's gonna be a problem. I mean, but, my man, my man Tyler Hero, aka White Boy Rick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, in terms of like strategically, like it would work because Tyler is a shooter. Yeah, providing the space and needed for Jimmy to mm-hmm. operate in the mid range. He fits next to Goron too. Yeah, yeah. and Goron yeah. too. So, like, yeah, I could see, I could see a situation where Deion Waiters isn't starting. Well, no, well Deion Waiters ain't he... playing basketball in, in a two year years. You ain't gonna stop him from taking those shots. Yeah, Jack. But, Believe that. Yeah, like I said, I just want to see how that dynamic is. Just because he's already come out, and I think somebody asked him, you know, um, would you mind coming off the bench? And he's like, yes, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I would mind. What you mean, behind <laughs> a rookie? Yeah, exactly. So that's why I said there's some things over there and just how they adapt to Jimmy. It seems like a good group. I mean, you, yeah. if you're getting guys up at – the hell are they waking up at 3.34, like going to, that was Jimmy. to the gym? I ain't seen nobody that's, else. That's Jimmy? Yeah, that was Jimmy. No, it was a but few, then, was a few guys. All the youngsters start following Jimmy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, Jimmy. Following hey, him to the gym. Hey, so hey, I get there at 6, bro. I mean, that – right. Once again, Jimmy and his influence on youngsters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, it, we'll it, could go, it could go two ways. With yeah, Jimmy, we'll we'll see how. So, yeah, it works we'll out. see. I think it's a perfect. Uh, I think it's a great culture for Jimmy. It's basically catered to, you know, what he likes. Yeah. But in terms of sleeper, I say I think there's just like a. It's just too many weird contracts over there, and I just I'm trying to see how just the talent meshes together once all of those guys are. Yeah. Playing. If there was any other place Hollywood would want to be besides Hollywood, South Beach. Yeah. Definitely off the court, a perfect yeah, fit for one Jimmy definitely. Butler. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to ask you guys, man. We know Giannis is like one of the top five players in the league in consideration for MVP even this year. He's a favorite. Yep. Are the Bucks being slept on? Because I think they made some small moves that What'd possibly they do? made them. Well, they got they got the Lopez brothers together. I'm not Come saying on, that's man. a big move. No, 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 no. They, they, they re-signed Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. All right. So they got rid of Tony Snell. That right there. So they kept Eric Bledsoe though. <laughs> I yeah. think Eric Bledsoe eventually. And they lost. And they lost Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. But Malcolm Brogdon missed uh, what fifty? No, no. How many games did he miss last year? He missed, he missed a lot. Like he missed almost games. fifty games. It was close yeah. to fifty. He still can hoop. Man. So oh, he can, not, without a doubt, he it's can not hoop. a lot of fifty forty. But it gave them flexibility. What it did was it gave them flexibility to do some things in the middle of the season. They also going messed, into the playoffs. They all they also messed up themselves by giving Eric Bledsoe that contract before the season ended. Early, hey, I, was like, I was like, "What are you doing that for?" Yeah, I mean, what? it's it's tough to get dues to who. Well, well, you know, so. my answer to that is who's his agent? Oh, uh, Rich Paul. Mm-hmm. Look, and they lost Nico. That's gonna really shout hurt. Out, him. Shout out to Nurkic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nico, Man, Nico, out. Nico went back home. I know he was not built for this. No, no. no. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Nico. I mean, I can kind of get that too. Just he know, fit regular season constantly. I think Utah was supposed to sign. Yeah, him. Utah yeah. wanted. Him. Yeah. yeah, but I just think you know certain guys that Nico's very family oriented, and I just think you know having to move your family constantly like that. Yeah. 
and not having that stability, it just wasn't for him. So with it. I, he, there's probably a chance he comes back over here. Like, yeah. you know, it's nah, Bobby Porter, Bobby Porter sent that man away. I <laughs> <laughs> also think like expectations, like people saw like, man, you could be an effective player in the league at Look, your man, size man, and your three point shooting ability. You can do some things in the league. So when people start expecting things from you and you kind of like are un- you're super know. unsure about yourself, we all know, you know. He has no one to blame for himself, but himself yeah, for that. no doubt. Because, you know, when they drafted him, there were expectations. But the 15-game stretch he had with the Bulls after Derrick got hurt, mm-hmm. and they made him, like, the prime, one of the primary go-to guys with him and Joe Keem and what he did, that took it there. Like, people expected that. Yeah, you can see that. it, yeah. He had the ability to be an effective NBA player. Yeah. And it's just like he didn't just come through with it. I mean, I'll be – you know, his family situation that was kind of, like, constantly on his mind. Like, all that stuff affects a player, but... The crazy thing about Nico is, uh, well, it's, it's not... It was never talent. I looked at it was what the team expected of him, the position, um, how they wanted him to play, and how he envisioned himself. Because mm-hmm. we look at Nico, his first year here, like, Nico always played his best when it got to, like, late February, March, April, going into the playoffs, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. But... Like, Nico liked putting the ball on the floor and stuff, but when they like, – he basically, when you have Derek, then Jimmy, I'm not going to touch the ball like I am unless it's a kick out or something like that. That yeah. kind of takes away from how I think Nico envisioned himself. Like, dude, I can do I can do these things. I can play in the pick and roll, but they're like, no, nah, we want you to do that. So, um, the talent was there. I mean, I think – Nico didn't handle hard, man. I'm not even going to say that. I just look at – when you get when you get a guy from like overseas like that, and everybody was he's being touted as almost like the savior, mm-hmm. you know. I just think that the expectations of that, you know, just the system, the ball is not going to be in his hands at all. You got Derek, you got Jimmy. And after that, you got Jimmy Wade, Rondo. He actually played real. I think was he the, was he on the team with? Um, I can't even remember right now. But like I said, I have no issues with Nico's talent. I just look at situation, and then you look at he played well in Milwaukee, played really well in New Orleans, yeah. uh, you know, when he was moved over there. So I just think, you know, just that stability, that's what he was looking for. You know, he loved being here in Chicago. You know, the situation with Bobby happened. I wouldn't want to play, you know, <laughs> with a dude that just broke my face at, at all. You know, I mean, props to them. First of all, I don't think we give enough props to them to be able to, to coexist. coexist. Yes, yes. I mean, that that time bro, we, they got, did. we got beef. Look, There's no way. If I knock you out, <laughs> listen. Of course, if I, if I knock you out, I like you. I ain't got no straight. beef with you. You straight. Yeah, I ain't got no beef. <laughs> it ain't no beef. Exactly. Beef? Hey, but hey, if I'm the dude that got my face, my face broke. Man, nah. Look, nah. man, I, look, now Nico can go back over there and play against dude that's going to fall for them whack-ass pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> According to sources right here, well, my guy Tony Gill joining us this week, the season premiere of uh, season two. And uh, to my left, Chris Kaysen down on the Dirty South, Brian Crawford. So it's pretty much Lakers, Clippers, and then on the east, we're looking at Philadelphia and Milwaukee. That's That's pretty much... Yeah, with for me, Denver ha- Denver has a legitimate shot for me. That's to, the sleeper to, to make. That's the sleeper, finals. and yeah. on the east side, the east, it was pretty much no sleeper. Yeah, like, no, I don't even no. know how the seeding is going to be after the first two. I'm riding with Dame. That's my sleeper in the West. Okay. Yeah, you now you always have. Yeah, is this the year? Now, see, I'm gonna set you up, BC. I'm gonna set you up for your argument. Is this the year 
that Steph Curry has to prove to you that he can do what Dame has been doing. I already said that. I said that on the last so, podcast. So this is show and prove for you. Yeah. Even after Steph Curry. Two MVPs, Even after two MVPs. I don't care nothing about that. Steve Nash won two MVPs. <laughs> you care nothing about that. Man, let's talk about the home team. And I want to start it off on a good note. Shout out to the Bulls this week for bringing back one of my faves, man, uh, on and off the court. Ben Gordon. Lou Aldang. Ben Gordon was at the crib, too. <laughs> he was there. I said one of my faves. <laughs> so I'm going to start with Lou Al. Allowing him to retire as a Bull. And I can honestly say before Derek got here, man, um, the heart of that rebuild, that second rebuild with Ben Gordon and Lou Aldang, yo, Lou Aldang was the lunch pail dude, man. I don't think people knew the leader he was in the locker room and what he meant to that locker room, how accommodating he was with the media, how the stories both of you guys have told me, how he was with, you know, easy to talk to when you could sit down and, and speak with him and just get some straightforward answers from him. So yeah. what he meant to that organization, shout out to them for basically doing the bare minimum, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, definitely. That's the least you can do. Yeah. You almost killed this dude. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Contract retires a bull. What's next? Like that, that has to be a Luau Dang bobblehead night coming this season. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he definitely yeah. a part of the organization. Like for, some for, other forever. stuff. I'll stop short of his jersey being in the Raptors. That's a debate. Yeah, everything before that. Everything before, yeah, that, everything before that. Anything yeah. that can happen. Mm-hmm. Since Scotty is always in Bristol, or always in LA doing a jump. If he wants to grab that seat right there next to the scores table mm-hmm. and be the ambassador. I'm cool with it. Next to the Prisker. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He should be that dude. And you still have to do some more because you almost killed the dude. <laughs> I still can't get over that. Yeah. I should put up a statue of his spinal tap. <laughs> <laughs> How many games can this team win, man? How many games can this team? Because the buzz around this team, everybody's just going crazy. Zach Levine looks so what great. What buzz? He's going to score. <laughs> oh, there's a buzz, BC. He's going to average yeah. 28 points a game. There's a buzz. BC, you were all – now, you did say, you know, when people were talking about trading Zach Levine or there were rumors about Zach Levine being moved in the offseason, you were like, why would they do that? He's the draw, especially with the All-Star game coming. Mm-hmm. There's I have no a new way question. You, okay, what's the new question? Why is there a buzz? It's the beginning of the season. Well, one is, yeah, yeah the one. optimism of, you know, a fresh start. Um, everybody's healthy right now. Um, and can I, I think. Can I, stop, can I stop you at optimism? <laughs> um, About what? Well, again, you had a, you had ex, you had great play, offensive play um, from Zach Levine next year. I mean, last year. Um People are expecting things, expecting a jump from Laurie Marketing. Um, the two that's a touch, added that's veteran. That's a touchy subject with me, PTG. Two, that's fine. That's, that's fine. A, that's I, 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 I got, I got into Laurie Marketing touch, on uh, the last episode of No Zones. Yeah, no doubt. That's a touchy deserved, subject. But people are expecting things from Laurie. Um, the added veterans of Thomas Sadaransky, who is a starter. That's your guy. And the starter. You've shown for this love team. to him. Yeah. All summer long. Yeah, dude can play. Yeah, I love Tom. Even, dude even watching Tomas. international games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he can he can play. Um now they have a, a legitimate point guard to do professional starting NBA things uh for this team. Uh they got Kobe White. Kobe White looks good. 
Looks like he can do stuff at the NBA level where people are excited to see. And, I mean, if there's any optimism or any kind of legitimate type of uh, uh, optimism about a player or the team that are on the Bulls, like, you know how Bulls fans are, man. Chicago fans. Yeah, Chicago fans yeah. are, man. Let me they, ask you two guys ride. something. Before, a little pre- I still ain't, uh, not to cut you off, I Go still ahead, ain't heard no I still ain't heard. You haven't no heard anything to be optimistic about us, Dude, I mean, because like, what are we talking about? We are not talking about making the playoffs, right? So we talking about shit. Like, that's, that's their goal. They're, that's their that's goal. Their that's goal. goal. That's what they. That's what they're selling they're, to the fans. Their goal is to do what? Go to the make playoffs. the playoffs. Make the playoffs. That's their goal. Yeah. At least that's what they said at media day. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Cut I don't, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. But they got that on the team. C four. So you won that? twenty. You C- won twenty two games last year. You got to. You got to win at least. 38 to make it the eighth seed in the East. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be a plus 16 with that team? No. No, but, uh, but again, uh, this is, we're talking about two separate things. We're talking about what fans believe and what the organization believes versus what the media and, like, actual people that watch a team believe. Well, those are two separate things. So your this love. Is why I've said, this is why I've said Bulls fans over the last decade or so have been the dumbest fans in all of the NBA. <laughs> It's just, it's just a fact. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's blindless optimism over absolutely nothing. Like you can look at this team, and I, I mean, I've been around this game long enough to not get excited. You can't sell me the BS. Like you just can't do it. Like there's nothing about Zach Levine and Wendell Carter Jr. and Laurie Markkinen and whoever is going to be running the point, Sadaransky. Nothing about that dude. Nothing about that team says playoffs. So how can you actually sit there? And tell your fan base, yes, we gunning for the playoffs. Now, are we going to get into this mid-range thing? Because I really want to I'm saving that for true for trash, bro. <laughs> okay. I'm saving that for true for I trash. I really want to talk about I'm saving that for true for trash. I want to ask this question, a little a prequel to true for trash. I didn't even expect this to come up until the Sadoransky love was going around in the room. How long should it take Kobe White to unseat him as the – starting point guard, and if he does not unseat him as a starting point guard, is that a waste to pick? Why is everybody so high on Kobe White? I'm just asking the question, man. See, uh, Chris, you want to go first on this? Yeah, well, you said said your question was how long should it take? How long should it take him to unseat? Do we we expect him to be the starting point guard? Yeah, yeah. I don't don't expect anything, honestly, right now. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You took him at seven? No, no, no. no. And you don't expect him in the future to be the starting point guard? Look, I, I don't know. I don't know. I have to wait and see if he can handle that response. This is what this year is about, right? You got a professional starter, a stopgap guy, and Thomas Sadoransky, who's the starter for right now, right? If if he unseats him, great. Yeah. Awesome. That would be great. But, again, this was a weaker draft anyway. If this was a normal, talented draft, he wouldn't have even came out. But then you draft – wait, wait, wait. So When you watched him – if I'm watching mm-hmm. him and I'm the Bulls, I'm watching him to say – Yo, he can be a dude. Yeah, that's the goal. I don't see Agreed. Thomas Sadoransky ever being a dude. Can so I stop now, y'all? So now it's my job as an organization to make sure I facilitate this young man being a dude. I need him to be a dude. I need him to be the starting point so guard to, if we're talking about consistently contending I, and getting to the next level. Can so I that's why I asked the question, like, how long should that – if you're having that mindset when you draft them, I don't know mm-hmm. if that was their mindset. I'm just saying, if if that's what you're watching them in North Carolina, you bring them in, you watch them work out, and you're like, okay, 
If he's there, we feel like he can be a dude for us. He can be our starting point guard. How long should it take him to unseat a guy that's a professional starter? That's what you call him. You know what? You know what this year should be about for the Bulls? Cole Anthony. Forget Tomas so Sadaransky. <laughs> Forget Kobe White. We talking about point guards. We talking about real point guards. So another UNC point guard. Cole, Cole is cold. Yeah, oh, no, Cole yeah, no is, doubt. No doubt. And, and, right, you should right, suck this entire year <laughs> to try to put yourself in position to get a real point guard. And uh, right before uh, Chris gets back in, um, I think the reason why I said I don't – I want to find out if he can handle that responsibility. We've seen that he has the ability to put his head down, get to the rim, get to the free throw line, and make shots. But it's not just about that. Can you facilitate an offense? Can you be the point guard? And that's what I want to see. We already seen now. See, the as an organization, part. I'm glad you said it. As an organization, the first thing and, you have to do is you have to say, "I don't. We don't know." You're right. Right. But I think we have to find out who he is. Like, if it's our job to develop him, he may never be that elite facilitator, and, and he could still be a dude. Yeah. And, and, you don't know who he is right now. What? No, no, it's, it, I, he hasn't played a regular NBA season game yet. I, I would like to find give him a couple games, give him a, you know a month or so. I mean, again, but here's the thing though with them making this playoff push is he's not going to have a lot of room to flesh it out to see if he can be that starter. Like, remember, it took Trey Young a half a season to figure it out. Being the starter, having all but, those, yeah. Minutes. But I told y'all, I told y'all, Trey, Trey Young, Trey Young was that dude. No, 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 wait, 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 wait. See, this, wait. If, this is why I don't buy into believing that, you know, you know, you have to see a guy at the NBA level in order to determine what type of player he's going to be. Simply because what you see in college is nine times out of ten what you're going to get at the pro level. Like, absolutely. Like, yes, it took Trey Young a half a season to figure it out. But you knew Trey Young was going to be what Trey Young was doing in Oklahoma. You know he's going to be able to do that in the NBA. Now, you go back to Kobe White. When you look at him, what he did in North Carolina, what did he do when he played for the Tar Heels that gives you an inclination that he could be even a little bit or even marginally better at the NBA level? That's my question. Well, Kobe, with Kobe see, he, a lot of people didn't. He, he exceeded expectations at North Carolina, number one. What was the expectation? He, he, first of all, he wasn't supposed to start. start. Yeah. And he then was he, wasn't supposed, he wasn't supposed to start. And then midway through the season, he was pretty much the ACC player of the year with the performances mm-hmm. he was putting on. So he exceeded expectations. Kobe was probably supposed to be a two- or three-year player in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He ends up being the seventh pick. Yeah, he wasn't supposed to So in, in my opinion, this is why I'm asking the question. BC, I agree with you. There's certain things you can see. I don't need to see an NBA regular season game. Like, you can see if somebody's a dog by just watching. You watch Zion, you saw it. Like, all these people, I need to see him against taller people. Man, I don't need to see that. That dude's a dog. You put him on the court, he's a basketball player. How's he going to score? It I don't care what skills he doesn't have. He's going to find a way to score because he knows how to play the game. Hey, that's, it, what I'm, that's what I'm asking. What? But that's my, that's my question about Kobe is, like, what is his NBA talent? What transfers – from college to the his, NBA. I would say, say his his speed his transfers speed. Ex, very very well yeah. to the uh, to the pro level. Yeah. Um, again, but to your point, BC about Cole Anthony, and I think that's why I'm leaving I'm leaving out the 
the the expectations part for him because I just want to see it because if I don't see it this year and of course we believe that they're not going to make the playoffs that means with the flat nods they have a shot to have to take uh, Cole Anthony or have the ability to maybe trade up to take him if you feel like your point guard position isn't solidified yet with Kobe and Kobe is just a Lou Williams coming off the bench type. So I'm I'm leaving out all those options. Lou Williams? He can't even shoot like that, bro. I'm thinking more like another Chris Dunn. Oh, oh no, no. Chris Dunn. No, 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 no. Oh, I hold on. Yeah, yeah, Chris Dunn, but yeah. So I'm talking about in terms of where he was picked at and the expectations. That's what I'm saying for Kobe. Oh. I don't. We didn't even see this in preseason from Chris Dunn, like in his entire career. What Kobe has done in this preseason, we haven't seen that in his entire career. He had a tough teacher, though, with Tibbs. Man, if you can hoop, you can hoop. Oh, yeah, if you can hoop, you can hoop. And they'll play you if you can hoop. I don't know if. Chris, he's not a I mean, consistent hooper. Jimmy could hoop, and it took Luau begging Tibbs to play him. And he got here and had all the free reign in the world to hoop, and he still can hoop. Now, that that right there, it, I mean, no, I, before he got hurt against Golden State, he was Chris on a stretch Dunn. where he was playing really well. Chris Dunn? When he had when he tried to dunk. Break his, bro, yeah, broke, broke his, his fall with teeth, his face. Yeah. Before that, he was playing. He was, the Bulls are actually playing pretty decently. In that little small stretch, I'm not saying to do. All I know is funny to me that you know the TG. I'm not because I, I saw several people saying this. Some people talked about it here at me on the radio the next day, talking about how feisty he was against Trey Young. I'm like, this dude just embarrassed you last year. Of course, like, yeah. I don't want to say this pre yeah, I mean, preseason he, stuff. You get to the regular season, he's gonna bust your tail <laughs> yeah, again. I mean, like Trey Young got I, him yeah, in Atlanta, and came back to Chicago, and got, got him, him on, a, I mean, got on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, uh, cooked. Cook, Cook the man every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I was talking to uh, me and uh, Eugene McIntosh. Um, he was saying, like, the messaging going into this game is, like, this dude gave you, like, 90-plus in, like, a two-week span. You know, what you going to do about it? And they wanted to – Take like, 45 more. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wanted to you know, be a little bit more physical, even if it's a preseason game, to let them know, like, hey, it's not going to be as easy. But I still think – And it gets into the regular season, he's going to still – Yeah, going to still – I mean, there's just certain guys, like, you can't do – that nah, way. You can you can be that. mad if somebody like put up thirty for you. Come back out. I'm playing a little bit aggressive. I mean, he had a couple more shots on you. Like, damn, yeah. that, that this is that dude. Yeah. But to answer your question about Kobe, I think the playoffs are something. It's it's a it's a benchmark of where you strive to get to. Yeah. I still think it's unrealistic right now, but it gives them something to work towards. So you just know, like with the Hoiberg era, the last two years. There were no expectations at all. It's just like, hey, let's just put guys out there and let's see what we got. This now with this, just like, all right, guys, we're working for something. So mm-hmm. there's accountability there. Yeah, you know, that's basically just let the fan base know and like the media for did to put it out there that hey, there's accountability now with our guys. But with Kobe, you look at, I would say right around the mid, um, the All Star break, kind of a little bit out there, depending on where they where they sit at and how he plays. Like, if they get to a situation where, all right, playoffs just unrealistic, then you, like, all right, here, take it. It's your job. Like, let's see, let's see, let's see. And so. I, I want to stay within the same organization and same family mm-hmm. because I see, I think what we saw on the south side from a baseball standpoint, you remember the angst over not getting Manny Machado, how everybody mm-hmm. was upset? And I was one of the, the lone voices in the wilderness saying, look, Manny don't mean a thing. Manny can come here and all these youngsters can suck, and this team is going to suck. This rebuild only happens and will only be successful if Moncada pops, 
if Tim Anderson pops, if Giolito doesn't suck. Like, these are things we need to see. And the expectations moving forward is because we saw an AL batting champion, a, a, a guy that ended up third in the AL batting race, and Giolito, who might be the comeback player of the year and most improved pitcher of the year. You saw those youngsters step up, and that's where the hope comes from, which is why I'm saying we know who Zach is. We know who Laurie is. That hope is like wearing thin in Laurie. I'm just going to be honest. Mm-hmm. For what I, when I see what fans do. He peaked, he peaked already? I didn't say he peaked. I'm just saying the hope that we had is waning because something that he needs to pop. Like we keep beat C four, we we had this discussion because you talked to him personally. Mm-hmm. He only in his third year. Yeah, that too. Yeah, but see, but my I thing think, is I when does what's the same exactly. thing I asked for Kobe? Yeah. Like when? Okay, what's the timeline in? If this is only his third year, when? I mean, what? Like what's the benchmark? Exactly, what's he looking for? Yeah, that's that's what I ask everybody. Like, what do the thing that hurt him? I think is the comparisons to Dirk, the comparisons to Kristaps uh, Porzingis, two completely different like players at all what are we hoping this guy averaged i think like 18 and 7 last year i mean after playing like hurt but what is he to you does the organization want him to be of course the organization would love him to be like i'm I'm not talking like forget what you would love him to be i would love every player i draft to be that dude Mm -hmm. but you have to fit into a certain spot to say this is who you are for the success of our team and our organization so as an organization, if you're hoping that this dude is going to become Dirk, that number one that can lead you to a championship, and you're doing him a disservice, then you're doing him a disservice. And you're hurting the – in my opinion, you're hurting the growth of the team. That's why I ask, is this a year where we start to decide this is who you are for us? Zach, this is who you are. Laurie, this is who you are. I think a lot are. of that is already decided a little bit. We know Zach is – like one on the team. Laurie is two. One A, one B. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure if it's a one B. Is he a one B? Because Laurie looks like that, that spot could go to, like, say Kobe comes out aggressive. Like, that, that one B could be Kobe. And, like, that's a lot of it's up to. But that's not fair to Laurie because but, now you, you, you're talking about two dudes that, like, he's dependent on them dudes to pass him. So he that's true. Pass on the ball but so he can get the shot. A lot of that also depends on when he does have the ball, what is he doing? What like, does he do with exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. I understand the, the thing about working on ball handling. Laurie has chances to be aggressive. What Laurie looks for, like, the first open shot, Laurie's taking it at all. I mean, hey, you know, defenders are. What are defenders doing when Laurie gets the ball? Drop. No, they're running, running at, at him. him for the running, shot. Yeah, cause running right. shot. Exactly, because he's getting the ball off a kickout. So if you got defenders running at you, majority of the time, facts. Why do I take that shot all the time? So a lot of it is going to be dependent on. Well, the smart shot would be up fake two dribbles into the mid range. Not even that. Get, get to the that. rim. Like, I'll get to I, that. I keep saying this about Laurie. We should not look. We should not like get comfortable. Nor should he get comfortable with looking in the stat sheet and say. Hey, I got eleven three point attempts and only have two free throw attempts. Yeah, like, dude, yeah. you you yeah. way. That's how they want to play. Yeah. yeah, but I understand that's how they want to play. But I think he would that does him a disservice just because it. He's in this mindset of settling. I understand the individual goals are to focus on defense, rebounding, easy. 
But that's how they want to play. Chris. That, so yeah, like, that's how they want to like, play. What can he do? If we're pushing, if we're pushing this guy to be like one A or one B, whatever, you got to put him in better positions to be like aggressive. He, he can't just like have a diet of. I mean, what forty? Like, can you can, run your offense through? Lowry no, you can't run win. your not not now. Not right now, but think about well, it. Well, that's like, your answer. Yeah, but... Okay, how long before you can run your offense through him? I don't think you can run your offense through him. I okay, mean, so if, this goes if, back to... And you were in agreement. Yeah. You were in agreement. I think we all were in agreement. And we might... Because you had some inside information uh, saying that they really wanted Trey Young. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just looked at out of all the drafts. I just feel like they, all the draft if guys they worked Laurie, at that year, if you want Laurie to be that dude, they I, sent the vehicle for I it. I feel like you need to give him what's going to cause him to be successful. Chris Having Chris Dunn at the point guard was not going to help him become the player you needed him to be. Now, did that cause him to be stagnant in his development? And maybe well, now with Kobe or Sadoransky – he can start to flourish a little bit more. I don't know. All I'm saying who is, is a guy like him, Dirk, at the beginning of his career, has Steve Nash. It's like when you have a player like that. He also had Mike that Finley. Need, as yeah, Mike Finley players, and, Don, and Don Nelson. But Mike Finley played a role. Oh, man. Mike, Mike Finley no, played a role. No, 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 no. no. Mike Finley See, you, think, a, you think I'm being no. disrespectful. No, I know I'm what you're saying. I'm not being disrespectful. I know what you're saying. He played a role. Yeah. They worked together. Those three worked. They fit. Listen, the pieces already, around Laurie have they fit what he needs in order to develop? Like we keep you, saying, like yo, we waiting for Laurie to pop. Has the disservice been? They really haven't put around him the best things that's going to help him grow. No, but if you've already that. established that he's not the player that's, that that you can run your offense through and win, then why are you wasting your time even talking about? Uh, it? I don't think C four said they established that. He said yet. Didn't you say yet? Yeah, I mean, it, a lot of it, is, like I said, it goes back to what he wants, what's being taught, what's expected. I understand they want to play up and down, three-point. Right here all, all that's on fine. A2S I mean, Network. Really, like, if this dude has worked on his post game, we would like to see it. Like, 50% of his shots cannot be from three. three. He's, he's not Ryan Anderson. Yeah. He's not Ryan Anderson. He should. He's not Nico Miritich. Like towards the last few years of his career, so he he can do. Send a mess around and be Brooke Lopez. Man, I mean, it's like there's other stuff he can do, but I always look at like, dude, why why is there no plays getting him the ball on the move at all? Mm. Why don't we see if he's working on his ball handling? Hey, let's throw some actions in there with you know Wendell. Like running. There's so many things they can do creatively just to get him the ball in better positions other than just floating around like 25 feet from the basket. Yeah. That that makes it easy on the defense. We understand. Boy, they can't coach. Yeah. I mean, that that goes into coaching well, as well. Well, I mean, when your coaching ignores one-third of the floor offensively. But that's the league now. That's I'm the just, league. I'm just saying. That's the, you dumbest thing you coach. that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're basically saying if he's that. not going to develop a game close. Yeah which is the other third, and he's only going to focus on 50% of his shots being from the other third. Exactly. So Then it's like. Bo- Man, Boylan should have got fired for that. No, but I would have ran, he's, him. He's, I ran him out of that. He's echoing the sentiment that is league-wide now. I mean, and it makes no – I understand taking contested twos, but to me, 
two is better than zero. So I don't understand. The middle of the floor is wide it, open. Exactly now. all the time. <laughs> what are you talking like about? the most important, the most important part on the court, whether it's zone or whatever, is that middle of the court. And I understand like that's just completely ignored now. And it's, I mean, like I said, I think BC alluded to this like years ago, just about how the game is being dumbed down. Yeah. Just from an entertainment standpoint, but it's it's so it's horrible because if you got a team that is not built to play like a Houston or built to play like a Golden State. Like you're watching like just horrible basketball. Basketball, yeah. And it's and it's taken away from like skill sets of guys who could be doing different things to contribute to the team. Like you, you want a guy like oh six eleven, like, hey, work on your corner three for us. Why? Why? I mean it's nice to be able to take it, but if now he gets in the mindset of all right, that's what I'm that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm here doing. for. It's Lori Marketing situation. So I This mean, is why I don't enjoy watching basketball anymore is because everybody does the same thing and everybody plays the same way. You're either going to get a shot right at the rim or you're going to watch people hoist up 43-pointers a night. I don't want to see that. It's um, not fun to me. Here's my thing with Laurie. Um, we had Darnell on the last episode of No Zones, and he said he was told about Laurie as a the mentality of Laurie is he will never back down from a fight but he won't bring the fight to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was an excellent way of explaining Laurie's mentality. I mean, if anybody can speak to it, it's Chris, because he sat down with him and, and talked mm-hmm. with him. Like, Laurie's a nice dude. Yeah. Like, and he is about the team. Like, for real. He is a team guy. Um, and in certain aspects, that can be an issue for a guy that the team and fans are looking or, and expecting star performances. To a small degree, you have to be selfish. Um, what again? All of this works out works itself out in practice. The pecking order um, of a team is figured out in training camp, in preseason, and in practice. And if he's not showing that he can be a dog, they're not going to just hand it to him. You know, Zach gonna be like, "Well, if you're not going to do it, I'll do it then." And I think, well, for me, Laurie has a higher ceiling that he can reach. Um, if he had that type of Zach mentality of I got, I had to get mine, and I think everybody else would fall in line because he has certainly has the the tools and the ability to do so. Um, ag- agreed that coaching does need to get him in better spots um, instead of waiting for the point guard or Zach to kind of drive and kick. Let me hitch. Let me hitch my cart to your engine mm-hmm. right there with that point because the preseason game against the Pelicans. In my opinion, the, the short time that I watched, it seemed like the first and second quarter, they tried to get him in positions to take advantage of Zion. Mm-hmm. Like, I watched the offense, and I'm like, oh, man, it seems like they're trying to pick on Zion defensively with Laurie. Mm-hmm. He's not being like, okay, take advantage of him, but you're not being aggressive. Yeah. And then once Zion got going – yeah, and, and he, that's, got, he was going right at him. And, and that's a. So is that what you're talking about? That's like, because, well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's because Lori has already deferred. Yeah, he's and, already deferred. Right. He's and accepted a secondary role. Right, and, and that's that's the BC was was uh, is saying the point that I'm just about to bring up is that he's already conceded to Zach in mm-hmm. terms of the pecking order. Yeah, and that was my issue with Zach being here only because Zach can play basketball. Yeah. That's not an issue. But if you say Laurie is the guy right. and people, other people are saying Laurie can be the guy, at least the second best player, right, um, on a championship team, then where does that put Zach? Zach has aspiration to be all-star. He wants to be an elite player. How does that get in the way of the growth 
of Laurie yeah. when Zach what a, is man, that has being what a problem is the problem is that yeah. whatever whatever Lori Marketing is gonna be, or whatever you want Lori Marketing to be, he can't be that and he won't be that playing next to Zach Levine. I disagree. Mm-mm. I disagree fully, and I'm just looking Mm-mm. at it's it's a mentality thing. We can we can either we can go down a line of like the duos that are in the league now. When they when Portland drafted C.J. McCollum, C.J.'s drafted as a point guard. Where is he playing now? Too. Like, does it has he deferred? Who C.J. Yeah, yeah. Has, he had has, to. Has, yeah. has he deferred? Has to. And tar- look at look at shot attempts. We talk about defer, but. Think about it. But how, like, do, but how does he get his shot attempts? CJ gets most of his shot attempts when they sit Dame. And no, they usually sit Dame. No. Yeah. There's yeah, been plenty usually... of times where Dame is mm-hmm. like, right, you come on now. You like, might see it in the game. Uh, Dame eats first. Of course. Yeah, of course. So, but, but think he, about it. But he knows is, that. Is, 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 CJ, is CJ a guy where you'd be like, all right, we're going back, we're going back up. Terry st- no, Terry Stott staggers them in a way where they obviously start together. But then there is a time when Terry Stott sits Dame and CJ, and CJ is the only goes one off. on the floor. That's exactly. My, but, but that's, that's how that but, happens. But that's my thing. Like, is CJ, like, can you say we put CJ, like, by itself? Of course, he puts up similar numbers. But I'm talking about when those two dudes are on the floor, you are worried about both of them because both of them are threats, bringing up the ball. Mm. Two different positions. But I'm talking about with Laurie. If no matter who's on the floor with you, I have to respect you. Other than oh shit, he's shooting a three. Like but what? How many? How many? How, I want. I'm interested to see how many dunks Laurie's had over his career. I'm interested to see how many lob passes he's got. It's it's just about it's about putting him in better positions. Get the ball on the move. Okay, he can't put the ball on the floor. He can't go one on one with guys. Get him stuff. Getting to the rim. But if he doesn't that's speak why up, with, he. You know, it, that's it, why but that's the thing. Gonna hurt him. He's the seventh pick. It's not about him speaking up at all. Like, you drafted this guy seven. He was the one of the cornerstones to that Jimmy Butler trade. You have, oh, to, you do, guys, you have to do everything possible. They, they kept Cameron Payne here. You After can't they traded, stop Zach. Uh, you, you no, can't you can't stop, you Zach, can't stop Zach being Zach Levine. If they, if they set Zach and Laurie, find, what is Laurie going to show? Is, is Laurie going to take over? No. This is what I'm saying. Like whatever, whatever the expectation is for Lori, I think it was. I think it was miscalculated. So, so you're saying it's not. It's not on. It's more on the coaches and not so much on. Well, Lari. yeah, it's 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 both. Like CJ, he's not backing down. We could talk about. All right, we could stagger him, but you you respect him. Like because it's in him. Yeah. Exactly. So well, that, he handles that, the ball too. That, like, that, it that, that too. That's why I said it's I'm, two things. But Lori has the ball a lot, grabbing off defensive rebounds, pushing the ball. We're talking about this multi-ball handling situation. How does that work? How does that work for Laurie? That just puts him on the perimeter. But mm-hmm. well, that's why I say whatever you, whatever Laurie is, he can't be that with Zach because Zach. I don't think it's Zach. Zach doesn't. He doesn't have the mentality. It has. It, it's only Zach. Can can Zach can, is, can the Bulls play through? If say and God forbid, say Zach goes out with an injury, what does the offense look like? <laughs> Thank you. That's my exactly. point. That's my point. So it's like it's, like, it's a, what I mean, what it's a, com- it's a me? combination of both. It's like, what do you want out of this? You've just given me my answer. And as far how, as Laura. and how 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 are we putting you in position to see if Zach is Zach goes out? Right. What does the offense look like? It's, it's like, like what what do Yoda say? There is no try. 
It's only due. You got to do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm do. tired. I'm tired of Laurie trying. But this is his third. It's like, this yo, is the third year. We and you're to... saying nobody stops that when you pointed out C.J. McCullough. Yeah. Like, I don't care how cold Dame is. Yeah. I'm going to be, a, I'm gonna be mm-hmm. a dog in this league. And that was up to him and the work he put exactly. in. He decided to develop his Man. game to say, I'm going to be a dog next to this dude. I don't care how cold he is. <clears throat> That's the same thing I think you, I think everybody here is waiting for Laurie to do, like Zach is going to put on the I'll, show. I'll, and I'll put it, I'll put it in a different context. Now, we're talk about that guards. is a guard, though. But think about mm-hmm. this. Guard. Chris yeah, yeah. Stapp's yeah. first year, who is he playing with? Carmelo Anthony. Melo. Yeah, he's playing what with Melo. What did Chris Stapp show you? Hey, this dude's going to get his shots, but, but I'm coming. y'all going to be talking about me. Right. It's, it's mindset. And they it basically changed the way New York had to play. It's like, oh, shit. We might have to go through this. Dude. Yeah, we and might. If Melo goes out, yeah. we can play. Yeah, we through can this go dude. through this dude. Now, Chris Stapps, seven three, completely different skill set in terms of being able to put the ball on the court. In terms of aggression, like I said, it's want, it's put being put in positions to like get easier stuff outside of. Chris Stapps can shoot the lights out, but man, what if we're not? We man, what if Laurie? No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was say, what if Laurie is Nico all over again? Ben, that's that's essentially what he's what he's <laughs> so <on> now. <laughs> in your opinion, in all of our opinions, based upon what's been said, and they probably wouldn't do this because it wouldn't be a good look. What could they get for Lark? Oh, oh, I mean, they if they get, decided, you know what? Oh, get, you can finesse some people. Yeah, you yeah. Can, yeah. can you finesse Ooh, some you people? With it's, like it's, early enough. Yeah, it's early and enough. I, and oh, I still yeah. think Laurie is extremely talented. When I talk to people about it, they're like, man, why are you knocking him? It's like, I'm not knocking him. I see. You see. We all see it. Yeah. We all see we, it. This is exactly. how bad does he want it. Yeah. Is it's that, and I don't like discredit his work ethic at all, but I look at it as it's want, it's aggression, and then it's, like, hey, what positions am I being put out here on the court? Like, mm-hmm. Lori's not the type that's, you know, going to speak up. So, I mean, this is a, like, we talk about the Finnish culture. They're very nice people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can say it's, it's going to take coaching, really, because he's not going to speak up like, hey, I need more touches. Like, put the ball in my hands. Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's something that they need to make sure that happens. That if you believe in this talent and you think this talent can be a um, a staple for your franchise, you need to put them in in position. Um, and that's one of the more interesting topics of the year because third year jump. That's that's yeah, what that's people are expecting. That was my question. Third, that, was my, third year, that was my question at media. Day, yeah, is is, like, is the expectation yeah. year? I mean, we saw what Andrew Wiggins did in his third year, and it was like, eh, okay. oh, he a, he a weirdo. Too, you know? He said, I don't know what's wrong with that boy. <laughs> but the third year is okay. Now, in the minds of basketball fans, you know, in the league, we're about to peg you as something in your third mm-hmm. year. What do you want to be pegged as? Yeah, I mean, I understand, Pause. you know, being <laughs> I understand being a team guy, but like there needs to be just a kind of a change in mindset. Hey, like, this team is only going to be as good as you are aggressive. I understand the defense needing to improve, your rebounding, of course, but I do. You got to, like, you got to establish some type of fear in the opposition. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm just worried about you, if the scouting report comes and you got two sentences on there, that's horrible. Yeah. You're seven pick. Like, dude, you're supposed to you're supposed to have like a paragraph, a paragraph mm-hmm. or two, 
Like, hey, this is what we got to worry about. If I'm just worried about you on kickouts, nah. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Cal Corver. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in going into the visitors' locker room and seeing what's I've on seen that board. It. Yeah, I'm saying. I mean, this this year, yeah. this year to see where where their eyes are looking at, where what are they trying to accomplish when they play the Bulls, and Stop I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to keep that Stop in mind. Zach. What what does Laurie section say? Oh, just run them off the three point line. Yeah, we can go now to perfect segue because if you go into the visitors' locker room, you'll see that's a third of the offensive half court we don't have to worry about. With Zach Levine. <laughs> we don't even have to guard this part right here. Mm. He's trying to get to the cup or he's shooting a three. And when a player is trying to take that next step, name me a top five player that doesn't score from the mid-range. Oh, that's and he can I'm not saying he has to take a lot of shots from there, mm-hmm. but people know he you have to watch him in that range. That's my issue. When you come out publicly and start talking about this, like, dude, even if that's the way you want to coach and you believe as an organization. Ooh, Steph is going to shoot 10 threes a game. Steph's actually a very, very good mid-range shooter. Exactly. Man. And he might, he, might, he might only take three or four a game from mm-hmm. the mid-range. But the fact that you know that he can hit from that point, how, how do you defend him? It's mm-hmm. something how else do- to defend. And when you take away a third of the court offensively from a player, you basically – Tell the other team, like, this is what we have to worry about. How do you call yourself a basketball coach saying some stupid shit like that? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, you a basketball court, you coach, you got 94 feet to use. You know what I'm saying? And, like, if you want to isolate your shots to two different shots, that's it? That's dumb. That is so stupid. That's why that. I don't understand. This is this is the problem. We we spend way too much time talking about the Bulls because it's just gonna give you a headache. <laughs> it gives me a headache. Uh-oh. Now I know you said C four originally when it came the story came out. Zach being upset with the fact that the Bulls had talked to him about you know he, because he has a better shooting percentage from three point range. Two mm-hmm. percent. Uh, they <laughs> they were inclined to tell him that they would like for him to score from three-point range or either get to the bucket yeah. or make plays for others. Yeah. All right. Uh, the original statement by Jim Boylan, which I was a joke, I thought was a joke because for me it sounded like how kids grew up playing basketball in Chicago. Like, I don't, you don't need, I don't need analytics to tell me because you grow up in Chicago, the first thing you find out is, is how do I get to the cup? Mm-hmm. That's everybody. Like, our jump shots come late. Get to the cup. If you can't get to the cup, drop the dime or pass it out to somebody else that's open. I was different. I wasn't athletic enough to get to the rim. For most of us growing up in the city, yeah. that's how we learn the game. Get to the cup, drop the dime, pass it out. Right? That's just basketball. And I, for me, this goes down. BC, you could talk about it, man, because you spent the summer watching some AAU games. Go watch AAU basketball. It's one of the most disappointing things you'll ever see. It's watching because it. It's the, the NBA because of the way it's being taught. Actually, it's it's, it's 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 actually a little different because the style of AAU basketball basically mirrors uh, mirrors the style of NBA basketball. College basketball is actually different. So you know, it's 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 why you see a lot of guys that kill at the AAU level get to college, the college and don't struggle. do as well. 
and then get to the NBA if they got that talent or whatever, then they get back to the game that they used to, and then they and then you see them perform well again. College, college is actually like teaches them to play basketball a different way, but um, NBA basketball is basically just AAU basketball. Just I mean, with just players with elite skill. That's all it is. The game is 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 exactly the same. Um, I was a bit confused by Levine kind of trying to make a comment about it. Um, it was weird because his numbers is actually on par with what the league is doing. Um, I looked up his numbers in terms of uh, where the percentage of his shots are coming from. Um, they've actually been going down in terms of his mid-range attempts before they even told him about it. He was doing it naturally. Um, he started. He came in the league, 30% of his shots came from the long mid-range area, which is the worst shot in basketball, one step in inside of the three-point line. 30% of his shots in, in his rookie season came from that area. They've been declining ever since he got into the league to now it's at 15%. Last year, 15%, only 15% uh, of his shots came from that area where nobody likes to play, that high, wow. that one step in. From, it came with the improvement of his three-point right, shot. Right, So the, they're, they're basically saying, and it's like, look, you're already doing what we're asking you to do. It's just if you can increase the amount of attempts that you make from a th the three-point line because you're a good three-point shooter or get to the rim. And here's another thing issue with Zach going into the season is he needs to get to the free throw line more. And th I think that also went into, hey, don't take, don't settle for that mid-range shot me, because we need me. you to get to the free throw line a lot more. And getting to the rim – attributes to getting to the free throw line. So I think that's what they were right trying there. to do with him specifically. But overall, you guys' aspect of, of the game in terms of people taking it out completely um, it is, is, is correct. Like San Antonio, they made it to the playoffs. They killed the mid-range area um, with without having like a lot of talent there because they took advantage of a market inefficiency. Oh, they got not, two dudes that yeah. got nothing but DeMar the mid-range specialist. So, I mean, and we just seen – And LaMarcus, yeah. And yeah. we just seen Kawhi Leonard – when you know the finals being a mid range sniper, so yeah. I think eventually it'll regress back to the mean. Let me see, girl. I hate that argument, and it ain't because you made it, it's just because mm -hmm. I've heard it before. Mm -hmm. Um, we always talk about the worst shot in basketball, and it always gets narrowed down to that one little area, uh, you know, underneath the free throw line, you know what I'm saying, just before the you know, basically in the top of the key. Now, like mm -hmm. that's the shot that they call the worst step shot in basketball because mm -hmm. if you take one step back and you had it you know, then you had the three pointer. Right. But there's so much more space within that. You know what I'm saying? Like the mm -hmm. mid range is not just that one spot on the floor. Mm -hmm. And so I, I you know, I always hated the argument when it's like, oh, that's just the worst spot. Like, yo, you just talking about one spot on the floor. What about right there on the elbows? Like, what about on the wings? All of that mm -hmm. stuff, like, all of that is a mid-range shot that you could take. That's that's wide open. There is no one there anymore. And so I don't understand, like, yes, okay, Zach, you you shooting 37% from three, but 35% from the mid-range. Well, where are these shots coming from? They're not just all coming from that one spot. And if his percentages are going down now, it's because he's not taking it as much. And yeah. now they don't want him to take it. And Zach is like, listen, I don't know who you worked out with in the summer, but whoever you worked out with this past summer, like tell him like, yo, you missing all of this right here that you could be eating. Somebody put that in his head. And he went into this mindset, into this season with that mindset, like, yo, I'm going to take these shots. And the Bulls told him, no, that's bad coaching. Well, I think with Zach, 
um, what I took something com- kind of completely different from it. I think the amount of contested twos that he yeah, takes that too, yeah. was the issue um, more so than um, just completely no mid range mm-hmm. at all because Zach can get. So is that a matter of just learning how to take better shots? No, I mean Zach. If you're Zach and if you're that type of guy with. That freedom and that type of talent in your head, I can get any shot I want and yeah, I can any make time. any shot yeah. that I take. But sometimes like he isn't does every take. three contested? Every three is contested these days, right? When somebody's, yeah, I mean, we, yeah, if we considering somebody like running at you, I don't consider that contested just because guys are way, way too good. I mean, a guy like literally up on you, that's what I consider like a contest. Now I don't consider guys flying at you anymore like a contest at all. Just because you got you have the advantage of them yeah, flying out, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, with Zach, that's what I just took from it. Like, hey, like, less dumb, like, contested twos. Contested twos, like, yeah. yeah. Like, no, and can... early in the shot clock. Exactly, that too. Um, yeah. You know, I think was another point. I mean, Jim, he didn't say, like, you, you, we don't want you taking any. Like, that wasn't what he said. It was the early in the shot clock, uh, mid-range, and the contested ones. Mm-hmm. That's just but what, he that's what they're trying to minimize. The shot clock, but he wouldn't mind an early in the shot clock three. No. Now, if it's open, see that's if it's that's open, stupid. That's because you, you're more you're more open in the beginning of a uh, of a uh, of a shot clock, and if, right in the yeah. first couple seconds, yeah. and if you want to make the most out of that shot, if I'm going to be most open earlier in the in the in the shot clock, the three is more valuable at that point of the shot clock. Yeah, yeah, depending on if you run in, you run in after a make, you push right. in the pace, and you catch him defense all balanced, and yeah, the three. I mean, but I mean, and Zach mentioned Kevin Durant, and then Kevin Durant came to his defense mm-hmm. on social media. He got into it with some analytics guys, going back and forth, and yeah, but even man, that, it's like nobody, you also you also talking about one uh, of the greatest six, mid-range takers. Six, right. We we're talking about a guy who can get his shot literally over anybody. anybody. But that's the argument the nerds made. It was like, oh, you shooting 50% from mid-range. And Kevin Durant was like, yo, it's not about me. It's about basketball. And that's what we're talking about. But they're trying to get... And I think... No, you can go ahead. And, well, Eugene said, he was like, listen, man, you cannot be a complete basketball player if you're not making and taking shots from the mid-range. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Like it's impossible. So it's like, why are we coaching against it? Because it's 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 counterintuitive. It's it's, it's counterproductive. You're actually making players worse. As that this kind of goes into the Laurie marketing argument. But I mean, if <laughs> everything is, but, kind but of again, when you look at when you look at the stars taking those mid range, it's because they're shooting it at a such a high. You know, they're making it at such a high rate. Like any shot that they take is a good shot for them because they make so many. TG, so let me, if I would say so this, I, I don't know if Zach is in that in that elk of if we you, need you to post up. I would rather Zach make a mid range you know, shot than a three pointer. If you ask Kobe, Mike, and KD, mid range top killers, ten, top ten. But if you ask time. them, if you ask them mm-hmm. what was more difficult to work on, mm-hmm. their three point shot or the mid range game. They would definitely say mid range, because it's a lot more footwork. There's a lot of things that go into that mid range, because you know it's more compact. It's not like you like 24 feet from the bucket, you know, wide open it, getting yeah, the ball. Yeah, but you you got a you got a closer shot. I mean, and but 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 yeah. But here's but here's the thing too. When you mention those players. You can halt an offense and let them operate out of there because they're such great players, because they can pass out of the post. They can do anything they want from the mid-range post area. So that's I don't that's, want, I don't want that, Zach doing that. 
Zach is not that dude. But this is not that dude. But it's not that dude because the way the way the way the because the way the offense is set up. Yeah. So 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 you see, BC made a great point. It's like when I look at Laurie, when we talk about the elbow area, why why can't you why can't you go to Laurie in the elbow? Think about how effective he is. He would be at the elbow if we play out there, work our way from there, then go out, as opposed to him starting twenty five feet out, moving yeah, you around. You go half post out, exactly. exactly. Yeah. The same thing with like how how effective will Wendell be? Just as like just a screen roll. I mean, we got to like it, it's it's not just the Bulls; it's the league hmm. in general. So I mean, I look at Zach's not that dude now because. That's not what the offense is like geared towards. We can't, you're not going to throw the ball to him at the elbow. But I think when, if you have just multi like position, whatever it's called, like, and you're just doing dribble hands off, handoffs like 25 feet that's, from the rim. That's basic what, stuff. What is yeah. that? Like, you're not confused. You're not doing something the next team's not doing at all. All right, I've seen this. You just mm. got a different wrinkle to it at all like i know who who i know who to worry about with the ball and i know who to chase chase after like once the ball is released i mean so i just look at there needs to be like a rethinking of the game at some point because it's going yeah. to get to a level to where somebody's going to be like man I, like, you do we really want to watch basketball where the average shot i mean the houston rockets are taking 57 threes like I'm at that point mm-hmm. right now. Like that's I'm at that's that point half, right now. That's yeah. half. Like, that's I, half your possessions. You either we either, we're watching layup lines basically. Mm-hmm. And then, you know what? That's cool because they build their roster exactly around that. that, and they have a transitional talent that 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 offense is geared towards. Mm-hmm. Not everybody in the league has that. I would say like maybe three, four teams in the league. So basically, be you're telling me and you're telling Bulls fans on this podcast that there's a lot more. And Zach, I believe that's so. not being tapped I into. Believe Look, so. I don't. Zach, Zach, don't Zach think Levine. You don't think so? You think wow. he's maxed out? What are you saying? No, no. I, I think he is a downhill player mm-hmm. that can definitely has that has great three point range. We haven't seen the ability for him to play make. He's been in those opportunities. Mm-hmm. We haven't Look, seen that. Uh, Zach average like five. Zach can average five assists easy. Zach Levine easy. is a is a great easy. is a great scorer. Like that is what he is. He he puts the ball in the basket, and to the mid range point, all of your great scores, probably with the exception of LeBron, were great mid range scores. You talk about Melo, you talk about Mike, you talk about Kobe. All of those guys worked in the mid range, and the mid range is basically a science. You know, it's it's it's, it's, it it's almost like an art That's because why I said it's a lot of work. All the the only thing the mid range is is getting to your spot and pulling up. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all it is. So you got to figure out where your spot is on that floor to where you could get that shot off no matter who is on you. That's all the mid-range is. Zach is what, 6'7"? Mm, like, yes, he's frail six, five, and stuff six, like five, that. Yeah. Six, okay, well, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, whatever. He's frail and stuff like that. But Zach is good on a one and two dribble pull-up where he can get to his spot in the mid-range and pull up over anybody with that leaping ability, and he can make that shot. And that's all the mid-range is. So for a guy like that whose first mentality is to put the ball in the hole, you actually limited him. By only telling him to yo, if you're gonna get to the rim and lay it up and dunk or shoot the three pointer, you like you you you're not maximizing his skill set and you're not taking advantage of what he's fully capable of. I'm I'm, I'm just saying I haven't seen it in his entire career that uh, that ability to operate that efficiently from 
the uh, the mid-range area. That includes making plays. Um, and I don't think it now it's time to try and experiment with him when he's been six years in the league now, When you're especially when they have made that pro- proclamation of making the playoffs. Okay, why are you trying to experiment with new stuff with him with something that he hasn't been trained his entire career to do? I, I mean, don't think that – Mike, Mike didn't start posting yeah. up to like year, what, seven? My thing is when we talk about <laughs> his playmaking abilities, what are, are we talking – Ben Simmons playmaking, or are we just talking about make, this, make it the simple team? Zach is very, like I said, the last, I think the last few games of the season, he was putting up like just average like five assists. That's easy work to him just because of the attention that he's going to draw. Simple kickoff to a dump off to Wendell here, I mean, kick out. A lot of his assists come from kickouts to Lowry. But, I mean, and he's a willing passer. Yeah, that's that's the easy part. If I'm double, like, get it to the open guy, that's easy. He's not like a Ben Simmons, like, oh, I'm throwing the ball behind my – no, he's not that. But, I mean, playmaking is just making, like, simple, the easy basketball plays. And I think he's more than capable of doing that. But doing like, that, yeah. If, like I said, we go back to the mid-range argument, all of that is just the way the league is, the way all of these teams want to play, and they don't have the personnel to play that way. They're forced, that's they're, what's crazy they're about for, it. They're forcing, they're forcing an agenda that's – I mean, not every – which goes back I'll bring to like, it home I think to you. I'll bring Steven it home Adams to you. is shooting threes. Right. Steven no, 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 Adams no, no, no. is shooting threes. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Boban Mariano is shooting threes, man. Listen, when when Derrick Rose started shooting threes, that's when you knew it had got out of hand. Like that's when you knew the narrative was like ridiculous because we knew Derrick Rose wasn't no three point shooter, but he felt like he had to do it because that's what the game was doing. But Derrick is actually very good in the mid range, and in that shot, in in that shot that's the so called worst shot in basketball, Derrick can hit that. Mm-hmm. And he has made it a lot. You know what I'm saying? So this is where the nerds get the game messed up because everything just comes off of these numbers where it's, 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 it's a feel. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to be, you have to get out there and do it to be able to understand why that's a good shot and, and when it's appropriate to take that shot. Just threes and layups and dunks is boring to watch because it, it, it even dumbs the skill level of the game down. These guys have more off, more to offer to the game besides that. And like I said, nobody wants to see – 450 guys doing the same thing. I think, I think they're also trying to make up the talent discrepancy that every team doesn't have that superstar. Correct. So how do you make up that difference so, like, of, of like scoring the does, does for the parity. Yeah, uh-huh. Right. It is how do you create parity? It's like, yeah. all right, well, there's a shot outside that is worth one point more than these other we're shots. we're talking and about maybe and, adding a four. And I don't, <laughs> and I don't have the athleticism yeah. of, of, you know, Kawhi or LeBron. So how can I beat them? I'll just take the three. You're, you're, no, That's but you're supposed point. to coach to the talent. No, you're supposed to coach to the talent that you got. Because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna coach to shoot the three if I ain't got no three point shooters. That's dumb. Yeah, I mean, the two like greatest people that are not greatest, but I just look at why the league has evolved. They stayed true to what has worked for them. We go back to that San Antonio, that duo from mm-hmm. San Antonio, Demar, Demar and, 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 and Lamarcus. Marcus. Lamarcus is you know, one of the he will only wear dudes. you out from yeah. that elbow. Yeah, man, he will like. Light you up. I mean, it's a you easy, can't stop it. It's an easy <laughs> twenty. He posts up, turn around over you. Do what? That's a lost art. But of you, the game. Y'all don't. Y'all don't think we kind of overreacting a little bit because look who look who wins though. Like uh, ultimately, look who wins. Elite, like the team, elite talent. A, a team, the the elite talent that has the ability to operate in both areas. But well, that that's that's Cleveland, that, so, that's so Cleveland that's regardless go- of like talking about how to play the game. Like elite Cleveland talent is going to win. Shooting a bunch of elite talent won. This is this is why I laugh. When the when the three point shot was was not involved. I'm talking about when I was a shorty. 
I don't know if you had even, you might have been like in swaddling clothes still, TG. I used to watch Denver put up 140, 50 points consistently with minimal with no threes. threes. Mm-hmm. So the game, you can score like crazy playing the game. Right. You don't have to take 40 threes in order to score a bunch of points. No, but, but just play, play basketball. That's not basketball. Because yeah, you, put basketball. Pre- you put pressure on the defense when they feel like you can score from any area at any time. Not, oh, man, they can really shoot from behind the arc, so we got to get out. But, what, but, what, but, what, but, again, are we overreacting because a bunch of teams that don't really have a shot to win the championship? We look at the teams that we just got done talking about. Milwaukee, who doesn't have a three-point shooter as their best player, right, in Giannis. They don't – I mean, they play around him that way, but he's getting to the bucket. I see what you're saying. I think I mean, we're reacting but, to the fact that the product is bad. Right, but, but, when, it, but when it comes down to it, when it, come, when it gets down to the conference finals yeah. and the finals, we see good basketball. Like, I refuse to believe it's not good basketball being played in the conference finals. Yeah, but you're asking consumers to pay more and more money for worse product. Because these teams choose to structure themselves yeah. after people that have the pieces mm-hmm. and they know they don't have the pieces, but because they know people are buying into the three and the dunk yeah, for entertainment, yeah. which goes back to what BC said. It's more like the WWE than anything now. Oh, yes, I barely watched, but, but, I barely watched the playoffs or the finals. For that reason, because the product is bad. <laughs> in the playoffs, man. But that's the target. You mentioned the conference finals and the finals. So that's good telling, basketball. So you're telling, you're basically saying, wait till May, yeah. June, for good basketball, or yeah. or get a or buy a league pass, get buy a league pass and get and that one marquee game per night. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's going to be good basketball. It's like you're asking the consumer for more and more money. When the truth of the matter is, the product league wide is not good. It's not as good as it used to be. Mm-mm. They got a monopoly. Who else going to beat them out? Uh, that's true. <laughs> they got uh, a monopoly. True, but still, I'm just talking about They got, they got a monopoly. We all going to watch. I'm just well, BC's not. I told you, I bought my league pass. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, they got I my money. I mean, everything goes in ways. I mean, it's just going to take I mean, that we, one transitional. Yeah. Yeah, it, like, big, like some, like, some, yeah, something yeah. will change yeah. again. Like the game is ever evolving. Somebody will come. Well, they have right, to go back. Know. They have to go back and they tinker the rules because they already changed the rules to take the defense out the game. Yeah. So they're gonna have to go back and change that. Yeah. So eventually, we'll probably get tired of seeing you know one twenty five to. Yeah, they'll like. Yeah. I think. I think the. Uh, I forgot the name of the rule, but you not you can't touch a, a player coming off a screen anymore. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they'll they'll change that back. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't. Yeah. You, can't yeah. you can't. Like the uh, like if Steph's coming off a screen, you can't. That guy that's you guarding can't the screen yeah. can't yeah. bump him. You can't that's bump a foul him. now. Um, you can't run him off of that. You can't. Oh, that's nah. trash. Nah, you, man. The, the so basically, he doesn't even like he doesn't have the ball, but you can't bump him yeah. or impede his progress right. to the ball. So there's no physicality. Like you can't touch anybody anymore. No. Pretty much. No. Like uh, I said, really. is what the NFL's done with the quarterback. Yeah, but, to create parity. I mean, we, we're getting away from the yeah, but no, that is. But but we could. I mean, as a society, is is it's actually perfect for what the society wants. They want the what gives me the most enjoyment: the three point shot, that's and why, the dunk. Yeah, and that's again, why but, that's why and, you don't that's why you don't give them what they want. 
You don't give them what they want mm, but that's because they don't know for. what they want. No, 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 no. They don't. They, they don't know what they want because by you giving them what they want, you actually make them less intelligent as fans. Because this is not the game. This is entertainment now. We've moved away from basketball. Yeah. We moved strictly into entertainment. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's just what it is. You look at Netflix. Look, I don't want commercials. You look at podcasting. I don't want commercials. I just want the content. I, want I just content. want what I came here for. None of that extra stuff. I want what I came here for. And the game has reflected that. It changed and molded itself on our current microwave society that we want what we want when we want it. And I don't want any of this extra stuff around. Yeah. I mean, that's a bigger conversation we could have. But As know. far as the mid-range... They both should have kept the comments out of the, you know, he shouldn't have said anything to Joe Cowley. Oh, that's how this started? Well, you know, Zach made some comments to Joe Cowley. It got printed up in the Sun-Times, and then KD comes in, and and Jim, Jim Jim Boylan has to come out and explain what he meant and what they really mean. And, look, all of that could have been kept in house. Zach, if you disagree with it, it's your game. You have the right to say, man, no, this is the way my game is going. And no one can stop you from taking – no one can stop you from developing your game, man. It goes back to what you said. If if he – it seems like he had worked out this summer, had some new spots on the floor he wanted to attack. Mm -hmm. He gets in a meeting, they say this, and he pushes back. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, it becomes public. That's the only issue I have with it. It becomes public because it seemed like he pushed back. That's his right, and it's up to him to develop his game. It's not like he's a scrub. It'd be a different if he was a scrub and he was just trying to, like, get on the field or, or find a niche. Like, okay, I got to go out here and defend to get my minutes. That's not Zach Levine. This guy has the desire to be a dog. You've already given what you think he is. C4 think there's a lot more that's happened to. Irregardless of that, the one thing that we all agree on is that dude will take the take the rock and will go after it. And if you have a guy on your team that was willing to do that and he's working hard at his craft trying to develop his game, man, let that dude play and coach him. Coach him. That's your job. Coach him. And if what they did analytically was their part of – trying to coach him, and they felt like that was the best thing to do, then I can't tell you how to uh, fry your bacon, man. Man, y'all just blew me with this with this screen rule, though. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's uh, – I asked him about – I asked Zach about it. Remember when uh, Clay last year came in and got all those buckets, broke the record? Yeah. And I asked him off on the side. I was like, how hard is it now to guard Steph and Clay specifically because you can't – because of the new huh. rule they yeah. implemented. He's like, man, it's, it's real hard. Like, and they're making the rules just for them, too. Well, a lot of, a lot of like, Clay's 54 is just bad defense. No effort oh, on defense. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's true. Like, a lot of those screens you know are coming, a lot of them he's just fell asleep on. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Zach got picked on, i say, like, a the lot. first two months yeah. off of, like, backdoor screens so often. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was impressive. See, that's, guard me, it. Yeah. But that's what needs he to change. Guard it. Yeah. That's what needs to change. If Zach wants to be recognized, he doesn't have to become a great defender. Oh, just, but you, man, can't, Zach, you can't have that. Yeah, you're man, Zach better start coming off screen. <laughs> <laughs> According to sources, man, with special guests, our brother Tony Gill, we come back, we get ready to close it out. You know how we do it each and every week. Truth or trash, about to unleash the beast. According to sources, 
right here. You're listening to According to Sources with BCSD and C4 right here on A2S Network. According to sources, Utah coach Quinn Snyder agreed to a long-term contract extension. According to ESPN, terms have not been specified as of yet. C4, I saw on social media, you said uh, well-deserved. Mm-hmm. True for trash. Quinn Snyder is one of the top five coaches in the NBA. Yeah, I'll say so. I mean, I just look at what he's been able to do there in Utah just the last three, three years getting that team um, you know, to the playoffs, I mean, player development and just some of the moves that made. I mean, that's one that's, you know, we talk about small markets and the things they need to do to remain competitive. I, I think, love Utah. Man. Yeah, I mean, Utah has done that. Utah is a perfect example of that. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say, you know, he's one of the top five coaches in the league. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree. I just ran through him, you know, in my head. I thought the five coaches, yeah. and he he's in that conversation, mm-hmm. um, along with what, what they're doing in Denver. Um, I love Mike Malone. Um, I love what he's doing out there. I mean, again, not a destination city. I think we've all been consistent saying they should have never let Mike Malone leave Sacramento. Yeah, facts. Well, I don't think Sacramento should have let Dave uh, Yeager, Yeager leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, some of the stuff offensively that he does, man, it's – definitely different i mean especially like how he had them off plan last season yeah i mean we'll see if luke luke walking can replicate that but but yeah i um he that's certainly deserving i'm glad they're sticking with him long term because i mean his his effect on donovan mitchell and allowing him to grow the way he has um when you know a lot of teams didn't see this out of him i mean they did and they got it out of him you know in utah so yeah it's much deserved Going back to Zach Levine, he's a 37% three-point shooter, 35% from the mid-range. True for trash, Zach Levine can get to 40% from the three-point range this year. Uh, true. Me? I mean, yeah. yeah, I think true. You yeah. think he can shoot 40% true. from three? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's in the wheelhouse. Yeah, so. He don't shoot enough of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, it's just all about where you're getting your threes and how you're getting your threes. If you're taking, like, pull-up three-pointers, a little bit more of a difficult shot, but if he's – you know, catching the ball, I mean, it's not too many when there's like multi, whatever it's called. I mean, just getting good shots is tough. I mean, but if he's like on the ball most of those threes, I think that'll be difficult. But I think 40 is definitely not out of the question. That, that is oh, some, yeah, and uh, truth, on Quinn Snyder, truth on Quinn Snyder, he's the only coach I know with a law degree. Yeah, true for trash. New Orleans rookie Zion Williamson has avoided a severe injury to his right knee, but is expected to miss a period of weeks to start the regular season, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Looks like two or three weeks. Uh, the Pelicans are going to be very safe uh, with this knee injury and bringing Zion Williamson along. True for trash. Zion Williamson needs to drop about a 20, 10 to 15 pounds. He in the wrong place to do that. Yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> Tell me, man. <laughs> so it goes back. It goes back. Now I will say this: you are the only person I have to give a shout out to. UBC, man, you were the only person we talked about. We were going through the draft process. Yeah, and 
I forget who I said. I think I might have said New York somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I forget who you said, but we were talking about what's the best fit. Well, I wanted him in Atlanta. But you wanted him in Atlanta yeah, with was, Trey. You did. Yeah. And BC, you were the lone wolf saying, no, the best spot for him is New Orleans. And this was before New Orleans won the lottery. Yeah. You still feel that way? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think now he has a weight problem, but that's, you know, that's, that's been above and beyond. Yeah, I mean, that's been the case yeah. already. But, I mean, as far as, like, talent in terms of draw, uh, keeping the buzz in that city and, and, and even bringing it a fresh buzz, like post-Anthony Davis, like people are actually higher on Zion right now than they was on AD when he came in. And, you know, I think they see it, you know, bigger things. I mean, that remains to be seen, obviously. But in terms of, like, right now where he is, yeah, this is the best situation for him because they really have nothing, and he's the only thing. All right, true for trash, he needs to lose. I'll throw it out there at 30. How much is he if, now? 280. He's My thing is if, mm. if he's already shorter, short for his position, I worry about him losing too much where he doesn't have the Same now power. the physical advantage that he, he can move, maybe move some people off block when they're trying to, you know, post them up. Um, that's what I worry about. So I don't want him to lose too, too much, but mm-hmm. he does need to lose some weight, though. I don't think so. He's Charles Barkley, man. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. it's still tough because when Charles came into the league, he was a man. Like, this is still mm-hmm. a kid. Yeah. So when you talk about losing weight, like, he's, he's still growing. He's still growing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the dangerous thing. I just think they need to be – if I'm the Pelicans, hey, hey, we pretty much, hey. Low I'm management. Talk, no, not even low management. I'm talking to every restaurant owner. All right. Like, hey, if you see this dude, <laughs> hey, turn him away. Like, hey, you got a chef. He can't eat after this time. Like, man, but it's difficult, man. That's It's a 19-year-old kid, and mm-hmm. at 280, 6'6", like, there's, there's nothing like that I've seen somebody that size that can move that way. Charles was just straight. Head down. Yeah. This dude is. I know you basically didn't... like it's it's some Derrick Rose and just the way he moves and cut. I called you and you said you weren't at the game that night. You were actually there, TG. Yeah. Yeah. With what you went in and your thoughts of him when you went in mm-hmm. the building that night, and after you left the building, like was it oh, drastically yeah. different. Yeah. Oh, it was. I don't know if it was drastically different, but. He made a believer out of me, like for in real. In a preseason game. In a, in a preseason game. Because Why? Because he played the Bulls? No, no. I knew he was going to say that. I knew he was going to say that. It wasn't that. Um, his physical gifts is something I've never seen before in terms of the way he can move in the air, um, slicing the way he does at his frame. And I think it's, at least early on, it's going to catch a lot of people trying to defend him off guard, uh, off them off guard, because. There's no way a person that size should be able to move as quickly and how fast he can, you know, his second jump was ridiculous. Like, dudes are still on the ground. He's already made his second jump type of quickness off the ground. And it was amazing to see that in person. Yeah, and I think just watching that game at home, there's not too many, there's like, there's a few like freak athletes Mm -hmm. in terms of just being freaks. Physically in the league, where they just catch you off guard because yeah. there's you've never, never seen, seen it, you've never had to defend like it. That. I think Russ be it, Russ would be in there, Derrick Rose, Rose was. would be in there, yep. LeBron of course, mm-hmm. like Giannis now. Mm-hmm. Like there's just 
I haven't seen, you know, uh, Chris Stapps there. We haven't seen. How do? What do I do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like so, when I'm looking at Zion coming down the lane, like, damn, what do, do I do? I try to beat him to the spot, draw the charge. Hell no. Do I? Because he'll move try, out the way too. Yeah. Do I try to swipe? Do I try to swipe the ball? He's like one guy that size that he's not looking for contact. He can no. get around the mm-hmm. contact in the air, which is like ridiculous. He can finish with both hands. So you're almost as a defender, you're overwhelmed both from a physical standpoint mm. and just in awe, like, damn, what? Yeah. Like, what? What is this? Because <laughs> even when you mention Laurie, Laurie's like, oh, it's 6'6", six, six. all right, let me go right. ahead and sit down right. here. Like, right. And Zion put that weight on, like, oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> is this Wendell back there? <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's not too many guys like that in the league. So I think when you're finally on the court with a guy, you've seen the guy, the highlights, you already have that in the back of your head. But once you're on the floor with them and – you can see it up close. I think there's very few guys where you're just taken aback by that. I also throw uh, Blake Griffin in there too, mm-hmm. where they're just like, you know, damn, like, yeah. I, 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 what am I, I supposed to do? I said, you know, since I saw his first clip in as a sophomore, I was like, we won't know if he can play basketball until he gets in the league. Right. And now he's at the league, and it's yeah. like, I still don't know because he's just that physically dominant. Yeah. When he the plays. one thing that I like is how New Orleans use him or look to use him. Um, in oh, the they put him at that ball. baseline? Well, yeah, even that, they, he's kind of like a battering ram. Yeah. Almost. He's just like a guy that he's almost like a release valve. There was that play in Atlanta where it was just like a back, like a dribble handoff that caught – amazing because – He's done with the right – One dribble at the three-line yeah. and he's at the Go rim. On. Like, you can't do nothing with that. And there's so many guys that are, I think will be worried about being dunked on – He's going to get a lot of layups. I mean, mm-hmm. I just hope the kid stays healthy because, Absolutely. I think like I said, do. with the potential, like for – he's already made his money, which is crazy. We talk mm-hmm. about the Jordan contract yeah. and all the off-the-court stuff, so he's made a lot of money. I just – for the league and – Our personal buzz, enjoyment. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, want to see him just, play a long time. Hope. Because I personally, yeah. I plan on watching a lot of, oh, of course. Pelican yeah. basketball. <laughs> Selfishly, yeah. I just And just for that kid, just because – he looks like someone who loves playing the game, yeah. and he plays hard. I just hope he, you know, stays healthy, and I just think hopefully this knee situation doesn't is like isn't a precursor of, you know, what can be down the line. Yeah. Well, last but not least, on Truth for Trash, last week the Sun Times released its uh, top ten players. Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah, I have no comment on that. It's top ten yeah. prep players of the decade. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give you the first team. Jalen Bronson from Stevenson, EJ <coughs> Liddell from Belleville West, Jalil Okafor from Whitney Young. You had Jabari Parker from Simeon, Tyler Eulis from Marion Catholic, second team, Cliff Alexander from Curie, Ryan Boatwright from East Aurora. Lace and love, Ryan Boatwright. Then you had Anthony Davis from Perspective, Kaysen Randall from Rock Island, and Jeremy Richmond from Waukegan. A criminal. Honorable. <laughs> hey, he was cold, bro. Honorable mention. Cold. Honorable <laughs> mention cold. of those who didn't make uh, the, the uh, top ten for the decade: Wayne Blackshear from Morgan Park, Io Desumu, Morgan Park, Billy oh, Garrett Jr. from Morgan Park, Jordan Goodwin from Belleville, also Malcolm Hill of the U- of the uh, Illini, and also Belleville East, Taylor Horton Tucker from Simeon, Charlie Moore, Alonzo Verge from Thornton. Cold. He was cold. Kata Bates Diop, Norma Uhad, Charles Matthews from St. Rita, Zach Norvell from Simeon, Kendrick Nunn from Simeon, and Fred Van Vliet from Rockford Auburn. I'm just gonna say this selfishly as a uh, as a Mustang, 
dude can't win two state titles <laughs> and darn it have a triple double averaging 30 and not be in the top 10. That's ridiculous. Ryan Boatwright can get the hell up out of here. Oh, Man, how, listen, how do you have the number one player in the city, number one player in the state, mm-hmm. number one player in the country, number one pick in the draft, number one player in college on the second team? <laughs> Of your of your of your of your top ten, like I, I don't understand that. <laughs> I think I think DJ Liddell. Yes, he definitely can go take a step back. What? I, th- I, I think, I think that list back. consists of like uh, accomplishments at the high school level, and, and, and he, didn't, he didn't win a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't. He didn't win a whole lot, so I get that. No, Anthony Davis didn't didn't win a lot. He did not. No. He didn't. No, win anything, for, for, I, I was shocked Anthony Davis on there because in perspective, he. I mean, he look, he was the best player in the nation. Yeah. I was McDonald's All-American, best player in the nation. So I didn't have too much pushback. Once again, Io averaged Cl- 30, 10 rebounds, and nine man, assists, Cliff, and had man, two Cliff state could have got honorable. Cliff could have got honorable mention for me. It could have got Cliff about it. Cliff was a McDonald's Cliff All-American. Could. Cliff was so, so man. Oh, he was overrated, bro. Was big so, time. Hey, all of them. Hey, I'm with you, DC. Time. I don't, yeah, I don't I do. care. So, I don't he was, care. Hey, he was, he was overrated like Wayne Blackshear. Big time. Other than yeah. Anthony Over. Davis, other than Anthony Davis and Jabari, I don't and Jaleel. I don't care who you take off this list. Io got to go on this top ten. <laughs> That's that's blasphemous. Is that a little bit of bias there? I think that's I, a bias. I started it off. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I mean, with you. I mean, I'm I'm not. I got I'm not horses all through me, man. I'm gonna be honest Listen, with you. But once I'm again, I'm not a big IO fan, but he could have replaced Tyler on that in Tyler, that spot right for there. For you, oh, absolutely, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. absolutely, easily, easily. 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 Playing, playing against that sicker sicker talent out there. We we went out there and got buckets like Kentucky, huh? Tyler, huh? Tyler could hoop, bro. I didn't, we didn't say he couldn't hoop. We're talking about high school man, accomplishments. Man, that dude Two state Tyler championships. Tyler never came through the city, bro. I get that. I get that. But every that's game where, he played, you, are, you knew he was in the building. Yeah, of course. You he knew he was in the building. Suburban competition. Yeah, some people had didn't we just had? Didn't we just had yeah, this conversation about suburban hoopers? Hey, I'm hey, not. I'm not. Listen. I, I'm not I, taking nothing away from suburban hoopers. Nothing at all. But yo, you got to come through the city, bro. As far as how cold he was, and I watched him in high school, Jeremy Richmond would possibly be on first team, in my opinion. No, he was nice in high school. Jeremy yeah. Richmond was cold in high school. Having him yeah. like yeah. fourth on the second team. Nah, that was spite. They, I'm sorry, they, you, they, they couldn't put him on there. Ryan Boatwright. Who put that list together? Who did that? Sometimes. Come on, Mike O'Brien. You know sometimes, man. Uh, Mike O'Brien and uh, I forget the other gentleman that, that covers uh, hoops with him. And Kaysan Randall, come on, man. Come on. He not even front me. Boy, that's four hours away. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you are stupid. Yeah, hey, man. Tripping. Boy, Rock Island, man, he, he could go in the Iowa Hall of Fame or whatever. Yeah, he is close. Right that there. is closer to Iowa. That's right there, man. <laughs> According to sources, A2S, man. Hey, Tony, man, tell everybody where they can go subscribe right now to No Zones, where they can find you on social media, and uh, what you're going to be doing following the Bulls and some other stuff this season. Yeah, man. Uh, big season uh, for No Zones. Um, we just released an episode yesterday uh, with the Athletics' Darnell Mayberry. Um, he got in a lorry, so he's on par with y'all with the with the lorry take. So he he went in. So if you want to check that out, uh, anywhere you get your podcast except for Spotify, they are direct competition. So we can't 
We can't put it on Spotify, but No Zones with Tony Gill. Um, new episodes every week. Um, we're going to be posting right after Bulls home games this season. Nice. So after every, nice. I'm, I mean, nice. Chris, that means we Chris can actually tune in to you guys instead of watching that stuff. <laughs> well, a boy's going to be on Sports. Uh, NBC. I'm, I'm not, talking about, I'm not talking about post-game. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, matter of fact, oh, the Bulls outside. soon as the Bulls are over each and every game, tune in to our boy Jason Golf. Congratulations, man. Yeah, yeah. Post-pre, yeah. post-game yeah. show. Brother to friends, uh, all of us in here, man. And uh, I told TG, just a short time, I've been able to spend time around him, how gracious he's been with me, just with his words. Yeah, real, um, real dope dude. So, really good dude. And, uh, yeah, congratulations, man. Much success. But I wasn't talking about pre and post. I'm talking about that <laughs> other show with those three dudes. So oh, they got they got brought back for another that. season. Yes, yes. Yeah. that's that's a show. Yes, yeah. wow. They, they did. Uh, they they did they did the numbers. They did fairly well enough yeah. to bring them back. Okay. Put it up. Yeah. I didn't know that was a real show. Yeah, it was a real show. Okay. I like them. I like they cool. It's not a real show. So they so they so they so they took the starters idea and they ran with it and they localized it. <laughs> Yeah. And now y'all got a trash program to watch. That's fantastic. But NBC's doing that everywhere. They got NBC they go Portland. Along with this they got trash one. team. So it's a trend. Yeah, no, it's the, yeah, it's something it's that NBC thing. is That's has done thing. across the, the entire niche, market. Shall yeah. I say. But follow me on Twitter at Tony Gill six seventy and all Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So we can have fun with that. So. Yeah. Hey man, we're about to get out of here, but before we do, as always, check it out. It's time to turn the page. So check it out, y'all. Check it, check it out. Check it out, y'all. Check it, check it out. Check it out, y'all. Check it, check it out. Check it out, y'all. Check it, check it out. We hear some real type shit. All right. C4, what's what's new, man? What should people check out? What you been listening to? Hey, and in this season, the season two, BC, there's only so many times you can mention Benny. Uh, and, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what it don't and, ask me, man. Ask can't be Benny. And the rest don't of the ask crew. <laughs> what it don't don't ask me what I'm listening to. I mean, that's Smoke Desert Benny. <laughs> don't ask oh, me no what doubt. I'm listening I rock to. With it's it. all I rock it's with all it. Griselda all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm just listening to Old J. That's that's it basically. Just for now, like not the, nothing current at all. Yeah, I will y'all say. Heard doc, go y'all ahead. heard Doctor Birds yet? Okay, that's you, what I'm listening you to like right it? now. Dr. Birds, yes, sir. Dr. Birds, you heard Brazil, it there. That's, 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 that's what BC is checking out. All right, that's Dr. one. Bird. You got two more for your quota for season two. <laughs> 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 what you got, TG? Um, like I just mentioned, that Smoke Dizzy and Benny yeah. uh, EP, uh, Statue of Limitations. I'm rocking with that. Um, Gucci dropped. Yes, I'm it big, did. I'm a big Gucci guy, so I'm always give Gucci, Gucci. a shot. Um, I want to check real out Gucci. That's his clone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to check out this new Casanova behind these scars. I haven't got into that yet, uh, and a lot. Of, I see, I see a lot of people bashing this Wale, and I'm gonna check it out for myself to see what it's like. Um, I always Wale give Wale a shot. It's been mixed. It's been a mixed bag. I've yeah, heard people I, say it's incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna give him a shot. I'm gonna listen to it, even if I don't like it, because I I do think he is a good rapper. Yeah, it's decent. Um, yeah. but I'm, I'm gonna check Wale it out for myself. Trash. To me, I'm biased. Just Wale is trash, trash to you because he's an educated dude and he's not a thug. Man. <laughs> he could be, he could, he could be smart all he want. He can't rap. <laughs> My thing, I like. I like uh, Go Go Wale as opposed to okay. as opposed this, to this, this introspective, new, introspective, yeah. sensitive. Yeah. I talk to my mm-hmm. my you know psychiatrist. Yeah, I'm all about all the like time. the growth, but I mean, I'm gonna go with she gets all know, my show her. money. Yeah, 
I like Go Go Wale. All right, I'm a good man. I was gonna go with the Wale. I did give it a listen on my trip down in Nashville, and on the way back, I was forced to listen to Fantasia. Oh, <laughs> wait, new Fantasia? The new Fantasia, oh, yeah, it just dropped. Yeah. yeah, and she'll be here November. Yeah, she'll be here November the 11th. I'm being forced to go to that as well. So I'll, I'll be going I'll, to I'll that concert. That I actually saw her uh, last year at the Barclays. She wasn't the headliner. Charlie Wilson was the headliner. Mm. And it turned out to be a fantastic, fantastic show with Charlie Wilson and Fantasia. So I'm not too mad about going to see it here. I can deal with that. And I actually, um, this group called Lucky Day. Check them out. Lucky Day, D-A-Y-E. My daughter put me up on them. Okay. A pretty cool group. Man. Okay. So check them out. Uh, people keep telling me to try this summer walk out. I, I can't. I can't <laughs> no, do it. to me, that's a, it's an album that, you know, chicks play when yeah. they do come over. That, that's one of those those albums. I didn't even know who this was until like recently. It's summer like Walker? A, like yeah. A R&B. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is you it worthy being checked out? It I mean, is. If everybody it's not, about it? from what I hear, this is uh, our guy J.R. Bang. J.R. Bang said it is pretty much a low-budget Ari Lennox pro- project. I didn't hear no, that either. Nowhere near as good. I've, I've checked out the Ari Lennox project. I think it's fantastic. I think she'll come away with at least a couple of Grammys. That's my opinion. Okay. I think it's that good. And I think she's that having that much. I think she'll be up against Lizzo a lot, though. That's the mm. only thing. And Lizzo has a lot they more crossover. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but, you know, those uh, awards that don't get televised, mm-hmm. you know, I think she can win a couple of those. Freddie Gibbs from the album of the year. As of right now? That bandana hard. BC, you agree with that? That bandana is hard. Hard. A vice lord from Gary, Indiana is never going to win. That's that Inglewood in you, boy. That's that Inglewood. <laughs> but you heard it, though, BC, right? Yeah, I heard it. I like Gibbs. Do you think that's the album of the year? Man, that album. So do I, do well, I we're already the in the, the fourth year? quarter, so. Oh, it's so no, cold. Because it's not, it's not commercial enough. I, I don't see, I, I haven't heard an album, a rap album specifically, better than Bandana this year. I can't name On the top? All the thing, all like the that. albums that you like this year, none of them better than Bandana. Yeah, off top, and I don't even like Freddie Gibbs like that. For to be for real, I never liked Freddie Gibbs like that. This Freddie album always had bars. Super cold. Were you around BC when Gibbs used to come up to uh, ICB and uh, do interviews no. with Bang? Like, no, you didn't know this. This was like when he was first starting. He would all man. He would be at ICB like every other weekend. For real, oh, talking when he was to Bang. First starting? When he was first starting, talking yeah, nah, about I know Gibbs, I know Gibbs through other channels, but I mean, I, I, everybody came through ICB though. That was that was a low key hot spot for talent. You remember the first time you uh, Chance spit for you? Man, listen, man, I was just <laughs> watching. Uh, I was just watching Hustle and uh, what's that show on Netflix? Yeah, all um, oh, with him and um, T.I. and, him? T. and, T. Cardi, B. and Cardi B. Bro, yeah. he is such a disappointment to Chicago, man. Chance? Such a discipline. Yeah. Rhythm, as a, as a, rhythm, rhythm and flow. Rhythm and flow. You talking about as a person? Yeah, check out. That's another thing to check out. Check out rhythm and flow. I just, uh, I just, 
we have to do a whole podcast on that. Man. Well, you've had a problem good. since you said he really he was he was never independent and he really didn't get that money to CPS. Uh, yeah, I mean, but I got I got other problems with Chance now, but nah, man, that. Uh, don't get me started. That was disappointing. That's all I'm going to disappointment on our show. That's something I won't discuss on the 50,000 watch station. It's Chance the Rapper. I just won't do he it. He just refused. Ron Man, refused he rapped for us nah, in ICB, and I was like, a year later, I'm like, who? This dude? Really? Okay. Right. ICB was definitely an experience, man. We pulled uh, <laughs> we pulled Chief Keith off the street one day. Him and Jeremiah talking in front of the studio, man. It was, yeah, it was an yeah, experience, that place was cracking. Man. It was cracking. A2S, man, we're about to get out of here as always, man. Once again, we appreciate much love to our special guest today, Tony Gill, executive producer of the Lawrence Holmes Show over at 670 The Score. WSCR. You can follow him on Twitter at Tony Gill 670. You can follow him all year. He'll be giving you plenty of audio and video from Bulls practices, post-game, pre-game, doing everything. Of course, C4 will be doing the same thing. C4, you working on anything coming up for GQ? Any uh, yes, sit-downs? Still, still, still. Some still in the process? Yeah. Still, yeah. Oh, I always want to keep yeah. it hush. <laughs> yeah. I don't like speaking on things until they like until, actually Yeah, completed. until it's completed yeah. and done. Yeah. I was just watching um Rap Radar and um they have the same feeling cuz they were talking about how they got the Jay interview and Jay has stiffed them like three other times when they thought they had the interview and it got changed the day of. Mm-hmm. So when he called them that day, they flew out. And he was like make it happen and they said the entire time they were waiting for the call. He did his boy B die like that. Yeah, they said he. They said Jay rebuffed the interview or changed the interview like two or three times on him, on them before yeah. he. They said the last time he wanted to do it is when uh, old girl came out and uh, coming at Beyonce, was oh, yeah. saying you you know your husband was a drug dealer, mm-hmm. and instead of doing the interview, he just went in the studio with Pusha T and decided to handle it that way. I guess B dot need to evaluate their friendship. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> but it just goes back to the point which you see for me. I guess it is never done. Oh, of course. Until, until it's, it's done. Because yeah. it can always change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with, you know, other people, their schedules, different entities. It's, nothing is never really set in stone until it's finalized. Yeah, as always, man, three dudes from the game who love the game talking about the game a2s go follow us now itunes spotify every platform you can find us soundcloud man download subscribe to us the premiere we got a lot more next episode we'll be talking to say smith and uh some other things jackson state's finest yes sir a2s we out of here